There's a plane waiting for you to take you to St. Louis. There's hotel rooms waiting for you. There's a game waiting for you to be played in St. Louis. And I don't have to tell you people how many players we put into the NFL and are still playing in the NFL. I mean, that's a triple play. You know, it's well enough inside of you, so get it out. It's therapeutic. I'm listening. Hey, happy Thanksgiving. Wolfpack ain't for soft. It ain't for soft people. This is Pack Therapy, and I am Joe Giglio. You might know me from the OG, the daily radio show I do with Joe Ovius here on 99.9 The Fan. Or you might remember our popular Russell Wilson podcast, Never Failed. There's probably a good chunk of NC State fans, too, who know me from my time at the newspaper when I covered NC State. I am an NC State graduate, finished in 1997, but I actually started working at the paper when I was still in school. So for the better part of 25 years, I've either written about or talked about NC State sports. Here's what I've learned, and Philip Rivers said it best. Wolfpack ain't for soft people. If you didn't know that before NC State's eventful exit from the College World Series, well, you figured it out by now. After the Wolfpack's eventful exit from the College World Series this summer, I decided to do a pack therapy session on the OG. I actually think it helped. So... This podcast will tap into some of that angst and anxiety and hopefully some of the highs from this season as well. And it's going to give me a chance to talk to NC State people like our first guest this week, Debbie Yao, in a longer form. And to dig in, each week we'll go over each game. So check out Pack Therapy presented by Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. No mosquitoes, no pests, no contracts, guaranteed. We'll have a new episode each Monday. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. I will say, I have had the most success with Spotify. So subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. And of course, five stars only, please. So let's start our pack therapy. I had a chance to sit down recently and talk with Debbie Yao, who was NC State's athletic director for nine years, from 2010 until her retirement in 2019. Let's be honest here. Debbie's hard-charging style is not for everyone but it is difficult to argue with her results as her time as the AD with the Wolfpack, and it's impossible to deny her passion for NC State and college sports as a whole. She spent 25 years in the ACC as an athletic director with a 16-year run at Maryland before she came back to NC State. With all of the changes going on in college sports with name, image, and likeness, the Alston case, and the jump of Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, plus that controversial College World Series exit by NC State, I wanted to get Debbie's thoughts on a variety of topics. But first, I'm a sucker for origin stories and what goes into a coaching search. Debbie hired Wolfpack coach Dave Doran on December 1st, 2012. With Doran set to start year nine on Thursday at home against South Florida, let's start our pack therapy with Debbie's memories of flying to interview Doran, then the coach at Northern Illinois. So the truth of the matter is you went through a heck of a search in 11 at NC State for a basketball coach, yeah, which gets you to Mark Gottfried. Yeah. The next year after the 12 football season, mm-hmm. you decide to move on from Tom O'Brien yeah. and hire Dave Doran. Yes. That was like the fastest search in the history of searches. Take me back, if you can, 
to 12. The, the season ends. There's a home win over Boston College. I remember the press conference. You were there, and I thought to myself, this might be the last time I see Tom O'Brien yeah. as NC State's football coach. Turns out I was right. But you actually, I don't know if you learned from the basketball search or if you just knew how you wanted to handle the football search. Or it might have been both. Because it was, it was yeah. really quick. Yeah. And I, I believe in Dave, you got the coach that you had wanted. Did, who, you, who you had targeted I as did well. get the coach that we had targeted. I can Which re- doesn't always happen in coaching searches, right? I mean, oh, these are things I don't need to tell you. Ab- absolutely not. Dave was, in this case, who we wanted. Uh, and so did Cal Berkeley. I mean, there were other. This was, uh, this, it's, you know, it's an interesting thing, Joe, because per, when you go to hire, you hire with the money that you have. You really do. It's a self-support unit, and most of us in Power 5 schools are self-support units. No one is coming up and saying to an AD, tell you what, you go hire who you want, and if they're more expensive than, we, than you have, we'll back you up. We'll take some money out of academics and help you pay for them. It's not happening. So you already know as an AD your range of possibilities. And Dave was in that range as a young, I'd been two-year head coach. Uh, so we did have him targeted. We were watching uh, from afar, as we were some some other, a uh, couple of other coaches like Sonny Dykes, uh, who I think was at that time might have been at Louisiana Tech. So I showed well, Sonny ended up getting the Cal job. He did get the Cal Dave job. Dave ended up getting yes. the state job. And they're they're great friends, by the way. So same um, agent. Your but, guy, yeah. Jordan Bazant. Yep. He's your guy. Bazant's your guy. So I showed up. This was right after the Mac championship game, right? Like it you was. met him like at an airport. I showed up or, at, or somewhere I like I took a took a private flight so no one could track the tail uh the numbers on the plane took a private. They would say, oh, "We're going to take a booster plane." In other words, it took right. a private plane to. Uh, NC State fans invented that, by the way. They're well, the ones who came up with tracking they're, flights. They're the originals. They're very smart. Okay, and I knew that, so I'm trying to do this quietly. And so I'm at the airport that morning on Saturday before Dave is there. And the reason being... So the, the Mac game would have been in Detroit. Friday, so Friday you were... Night. It was Friday Were you night. in Detroit? No. I went to where, whatever town Northern Illinois is in. I can't, I'm sorry. Oh, it's I, a Cobb. Okay, thank you. That's where yeah. I was. And um, I landed there, and we were supposed to meet, but he was late. And the reason he was late is in the Mac, he was on a bus that they took to play the championship game, and the bus on the ride back home broke down so evidently it was a long night and hours and hours uh you know of trying to to get back so I was there first uh and we met there we had actually talked earlier so it isn't like we had never talked we knew something he had heard great things from his AD Jeff who used to yes who used to work at NC State so he was already, in a way, respectful of NC State from some of the things that Jeff had shared with him, which was useful. And we, and Dave and I had already talked, and then we were there together. Um, and my, my goal on that day was to not leave uh, until Dave 
and his family were on the plane to coming home, coming to NC State. So uh, it worked out. Does as you point out, it doesn't always work out. Um, and of the of the people who were available to NC State in the price range that we could afford, I will still make the case he was the best. And that's not a slight to Dave. Uh, I'm, I mean, some schools at that point in time could have afforded, you know, someone in a Power Five league that just won the championship of that Power That's not who we were. Uh, things have gotten better. And things during my nine years, things got better financially every single year. Uh, and so as things got better financially, we were able to provide more. Uh, but we had to do it responsibly, and we care about basketball too. So, you know, there's always some push and pull about who gets what. But it, it was improving even if it, took, it felt like it took a long time. But it was it was good. It felt good. to, to We had the press conference some Sunday afternoon in Murphy Center, uh, and he, he was off and running. It was t- a tough start, really tough start uh, for him and for me because – Anytime an AD hires a coach, you know you're 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 tied to that person in a certain way, uh, indirectly. It doesn't. You can say what you want to, but it, that's just the way this works. And um, so it w- it was tough. It, but he's come a long way since then, and he's gotten better as a coach. I would make I would make the uh, you know I don't think it's an argument, but I would just say that he uh, he's improved a lot. Well, during, last year was. Time. I thought his best work. It was excellent. I mean, I don't know how in, in those the, circumstances. Yes. Right. Terrible, terrible circumstances with COVID and backup quarterback for most of the season. Yes. I yes. Mean, yes. And you all know, all ACC games, none of your, yes. none of your favorite uh, South Alabama fillers or, nope. you know, I like to give you a hard time about your scheduling practices. Well, scheduling practices <laughs> for ADs are usually tied to the AD and the coach. I know. I know. Uh, and strangely, ADs are very involved in scheduling for football and not so much necessarily in basketball. Not sure how that ended up being that way, but it uh, has been that way. It was that way for me at St. Louis, Maryland, and at NC State. So for what it for what it's worth, maybe because they have so many conference games, there, there are not a lot not a lot of games left uh, to schedule. So year nine for Dave. Does that even seem possible? No. Re- I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it really. <laughs> we were both there. Like it just yeah. I mean, it, the, like blink. Whoop. Here we are. You know, the stability helps and matters in the recruiting, and you know how I feel about recruiting. I I do believe, obviously, it's not the only thing, but it's the foundation. If you are, you've got to have both. So he was such a great recruiter and still is, and I don't think he hires anybody who isn't talented in that area, and he's grown in the other areas. He has. Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority can take care of all of your pest control needs. Ants, mice, roaches, termites, ticks, really any and all types of mosquitoes and pests, they've got you covered. Check them out at BugsBite.com. Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority, they are locally owned. Their highly trained and experienced staff have been protecting homes here in the Triangle for more than 10 years. They use only the highest quality products with unique, proven protocols for the best results for your home. Here's the best part. There are no contracts. That's right. The Mosquito and Pest Authority team prioritizes customer satisfaction and responsiveness. Satisfaction is always guaranteed, and their Google reviews prove it. Take advantage of this special pack therapy offer right now 
and get $50 off of your first service with a reoccurring service plan. Check them out right now at BugsBite.com. That's Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority at BugsBite.com. Genuinely, I have been curious during all of this change this summer and the potential change for the NCAA. I have been curious because you spent your entire career in college sports, in big-time college athletics, St. Louis, Maryland, NC State, as an athletic director, and really down in the weeds of all of these topics for a long time that are now coming to head in 2021. So a lot of times I'll be on the air with Joe Ovius and I'll say, we'll say, well, I wonder what Debbie thinks of this particular topic because of your expertise and because of you've dealt with all of this stuff. So I am genuinely curious. There's, there's a con- constitutional convention coming up for the NCAA. They, they're claiming they're going to start over. And I'm curious, we'll start with what do you think the NCAA should keep that it currently does? Like what is one good thing that the NCAA does that you'd like to see them keep going forward? Well, I think they have to keep championships. I mean, I think that's part of the core of, of why they exist, and you can always improve on that. And, and we've seen most recently the issues with the women's basketball tournament, and they're they're aware of those issues now. And I did an interview uh, with the uh, law firm that was uh, looking at all of that, and, uh, you know, I tried to uh, be balanced about it. Uh, I've had some marvelous experiences uh, with NCAA championships, having won 16 uh, as an AD, but surely uh, there are ways to improve. So I think they have to keep championships. Uh, unless they come up with something uh, that I don't know about right now, someone more creative than, than I am, I think they have to keep compliance. But the rules are there. I think there are 7,000 rules. Uh, so on any given day. It feels like a lot. Well, <laughs> you know. When you What's ha- the most ridiculous rule you encountered um, in all of your time as an AD? That, well, one that just c- jumps out at me right away is that as a, a guest lecturer in a class on leadership that I can't provide any pamphlet or anything to uh, student-athletes uh, about leadership unless they pay me. Uh, for that pamphlet, even if it's like $6 or something. And I'm like, because it's considered an extra benefit. Yes, it's considered an extra benefit. Um, So it would be nice if they picked the 100 most important rules. And, you know, I want to say this, it's so easy for those of us not charged with making the changes to, you know, sound as though it would be easy. It it wouldn't be easy, but to pick the 100 most important and deal with those, and let's get rid of the 7,000. The 7,000 were created because uh, schools have been very creative over the decades in trying to, and finding successfully ways to get around uh, the rules, but it's at some point uh, we need to call it a day and and, and just stick stick to the basics. So those are two areas, I think, uh, and it, there's, you know, there's awards programs for uh, outstanding student athletes. Uh, I think those kinds of things always should be in place and uh, support for them in every possible way. Uh, and then they do a lot of studies on mental health, as an example. Those kinds of things uh, could always uh, be in place. So I don't know uh, where they're going to. I believe that the ACC commissioner is on the group. Yeah, he is. So 23 I, people on, in the Yeah. 
the panel to kind of come up with some recommendations. Jim Phillips is one of them. I'm glad that the ACC has representation on this. So what would be one thing that you would like to see the NCAA get rid of? Hmm. It's a great question. I don't want to be flippant about it. You've complained about many of things. Surely you could go through your catalog and pick one. Well, I know that uh, people have often talked about nationalizing, uh, officiating. I am I'm not a proponent of ter- turning officiating over to the NCAA. I, I really don't want to see that happen, and it never did, but uh, it has been something that, that's been discussed. I, I think most of, of uh, my complaints, though, have have been around those rules and the the 7,000. So, and and I I don't think that's unique to me. I think a lot of ADs feel that way. We can't, it's hard to keep up. And the compliance staffs at all these schools have proliferated over the decades to try to keep up. So I I guess that's where I would land, uh, Joe. Uh, Just they need to do, championships is the core of what they're all about. And I hope that they, they keep those and just improve them. I know that there was a move to go in the other direction, meaning they're so stretched financially because of the lawsuit issues. You know, I was on the uh, NCAA uh, television, um, I mean, revenue um, uh, subcommittee uh, when the uh, restricted earnings coach settlement was made. So I was in the room when that was being discussed uh, when, when with the attorneys and when the decision was made to settle with them, and that was so long ago, and since then, there have been so many more lawsuits, which is unfortunate. So I think that extricating themselves from any duties that they can't actually fulfill, if you don't have the authority, as an example, you know, I think that in the news recently, been the Baylor case again, you know, there's the rules are the rules that they, they don't really, I don't know that they have the moral authority is what I'm saying to do what people would like to see done in that situation. So they need to really take a good look at what they say they can do and where they know they have juice and and not try to be all things to all people. Another big topic this summer with Texas and Oklahoma deciding to leave the Big 12 and go to the SEC is expansion. And you were knee-deep in expansion both times. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2 yeah. at Maryland, and yeah. then the 11-12 years yeah. at NC State. So first, your reaction to the SEC making this move and Greg Sankey being aggressive and really doing what's best for his conference, and but perhaps not what's best for college football in total. Well, I, don't, I, think that we, I don't think we can blame Greg Sankey. I think Greg Sankey's charge is to take care of the SEC, and he's doing that. Now that I'm a fan, however, I will say that I don't like it personally uh, because I, I, was, I like the Big 12 uh, as a conference. I liked its makeup. And, uh, you know, my my husband's family is out that way with a number of OU graduates and so very familiar with the league. Um, So from a parity perspective, no, I didn't like it. Do I respect the fact that he is taking care of business for the SEC? I do. I I don't personally have an issue with his aggressiveness. I think that's why he's still in the job and just got an extension. That would be one thing maybe people don't understand about the ACC and the position that they're in. If you could maybe explain 
what had happened in 12 with the grant of rights that because now people are like, oh, Clemson or, or Florida State yeah. or North Carolina is going to leave the ACC. Well, yeah, that's not really possible, right? Yes, it's, not, not, at it's a severe, not. not without a severe financial punishment. Right. And in, uh, the GEO, as we call it, the GOR, uh, the grant of rights was designed to best ensure that no school in the Atlantic Coast Conference would be leaving. Uh, and it was actually pretty much a requirement uh, for the that TV deal with the SEC uh, because the money was continuing to grow and they wanted to be sure that the conference was stable. So the GOR means that you can leave and go to any league you want to, but your money for TV stays with the old league. So obviously no one's going to take anybody from a league in, in terms of expansion if they can't take the money, bring the money uh, with them. You know, the GOR has not been tested uh, in any league. Yes, in, yeah. any, in any league that I'm aware of. Now, right now, Texas and Oklahoma are facing that. There's a GOR for them to leave. I think it was uh, about $80 million if they were each to leave um, right now or within the next year. So it'll be interesting to see if in the league, if they settle with Texas and Oklahoma because they don't want to see them in any meeting. If you can imagine being an athletic director in the Big 12 and then going to a meeting now with the ADs, both of whom are friends of mine, but going to and seeing them at your league meeting, that'd be, t- that'd be tough, especially for Because you're, they, they're about to kill well, that league. They're, they're leaving. They're, they're not part of uh, – the, they're only there by default, and you don't want to see them. They're not part of your future. So I, I tend to think there will be a settlement. I don't know where that ends up, but uh, they're playing a game of chicken, I think, right now because both OU and Texas have said, no, they're in for the three years. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, it's hard for me to imagine they'll be there three years. What were those conversations like in 11 and 12 about the grant of rights? Because I'm sure – there were some AC school, say ACC schools, maybe even NC State, that were hesitant to make a commitment yeah. through 2035. Well, the commitment originally was through 3839. That's a long time. It's a long time. Uh, and three years was cut off of it in terms of negotiating. You know, as you said, schools were, I, I think, rightly concerned about the length of the of the contract. So Which was tied to the television contract. It absolutely was. Absolutely was. Okay. Yes. And so... Um, they they were together, coming together. And so uh, it's still very long, but it isn't as long as it was originally planned to be. And so uh, I, I've i never seen the TV contract. I don't know of any ADs that have seen the contract. Which is crazy, right? Well, you know, if you, you're, you know, we're an interesting uh, league where we have so many, we have a number of privates, more than any other Power 5 school uh, to go with all of the publics. And when you're in a public institution, I think the concern is, uh, you know, from a league perspective is that somehow someone's going to do a freedom of information request for that information. That damn media. You can't trust I them. I know. I know. So just know that as long as it sounds, it was planned originally to be three years longer. What did the ACC get right in 12 when they added Syracuse and Pittsburgh, in your opinion? That was the new 12-year deal. Uh, what they got right? Well, we what we thought we got right at the time was it doubled the revenue for each of the schools. So we thought, I mean, 
at the time, and I think it's really challenging to recreate what it was like back then, but looking at doubling the uh, revenue to each of the schools was huge or seemed huge at the time. That was like, what, $8 million to sixteen, Something like that. Yeah, I've got, uh, I think from 11, 12, that was, uh, we went from $67 million Per, for the year to $155 million to be split. The, the, the other thing that's interesting is when we talk about money, you know, you count your money different ways depending on which entity is counting it, and so that's always a little bit confusing. So I can tell you that it did, it did double, uh, and at that time the SEC model wasn't even understood. They didn't form their network until the summer of 2014. So the only network comparison there was, as we were discussing that, is a possibility, which we didn't do at that time, but was the uh, Big Ten. The Big Ten model was judged by our consultants to cost at least $100 million to start uh, with no guarantees for when and how much money we would receive, which, I mean, those two statements alone would kill that deal with all of the ADs, especially when the comparison is, hey, we can double your money right now with the SPN. What do you think? Was there anything in the deal that gave you pause? Oh, I think uh, the uh, the length, obviously. even I mean, 12 years even then seemed like a lot. It was the first time we uh, we bundled football uh, with men's basketball, and then um, and so adding Syracuse there made sense. Yes, it did. Very Not much. only because of basketball, but because of the state of New York. It did. It did, and because of how the SEC, I mean, excuse me, how the um, ESPN explained to us they were going to try to market this and 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 get everybody on board. So. Um, ESPN plays a fairly large role in all of this, right? I mean, we're seeing that right now with Bob Bowlesby kind of raising his hand well, saying, hey, wait a second. I mean, I'm just going to, I'll just say that ESPN matters. Their opinion matters. ADs listen to ESPN when they have an opinion on anything, but especially about a TV content. Uh, so they, they matter. Um, I don't think I can get sued for saying that. So, um, it's a very political answer. Political answer by you in your retirement. Well, I don't. I don't want to be in litigation. <laughs> I don't have anybody else to back me up to pay for it. Was so Syracuse joins in twelve. Do you think? I think you were involved actually in two when Syracuse was originally going to be added in that first yeah. round. Yes. What happened there? Well, I feel like you have a story for us. Well, the um, we thought it was a done deal. Uh, we had a delegation. Uh, Commissioner Swafford asked me to, quote-unquote, lead the delegation to go up to Syracuse to meet uh, with their athletic director at the time and to view their facilities and, and, and to really, you know, begin that relationship, and we did. And it was a great visit, and, um, boy, they were so happy at that point in time, thinking they were going to be in the ACC. Syracuse was. Yes, they were. And so we held a press conference at the end of a couple of days' uh, visit there. And uh, it was pretty much celebratory. Uh, You know, they loved us. We loved them. You know, it's the way it is when you expand the the schools that are coming in. Um, And so we left there thinking that was pretty much a done deal. But evidently, uh, when the time came 
uh, for the vote uh, among the presidents to finalize this. There was a change in the voting uh, that was anticipated, and we didn't have the votes that were needed to bring them in, and it didn't happen. I'm grateful it happened later, but it didn't happen then. So Miami was the no-brainer. Was there any... I'm curious now, and I know it's it's 2021, and it's hard to go back to 2002 and try to be in that mindset of 2002, but w- what were the conversations like about Boston College and Ac- their fit? Uh, yes, academics versus athletics. And, you know, every school has a personality, has a culture, um, and um, I, I would say that NC State is very balanced in that regard. We care about both. We do. We care about both. We care about academics. We care about athletics, and we try to to stay balanced about it. Uh, but there were definitely schools that were more concerned about academics. They wanted uh, Boston College in as another private, and there were uh, schools that weren't as concerned about that. And I don't say that in a derog- derogatory way. They were basically making the point, you know, this is a discussion you have. They're basically making the point this is this is an athletic conference, not right. an academic conference. Right. And we need to ramp up accordingly so that the money uh, is as good as it, as it can be. And in, in that regard, they were looking at other schools that could bring probably more to the table financially. So their compromise is made. It's a bit like Congress. So there's a bill in front of Congress, and you get some of what you want, but you don't get everything. And so that's where we ended up landing. Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority can take care of all of your pest control needs. Ants, mice, roaches, termites, ticks, really any and all types of mosquitoes and pests, they've got you covered. Check them out at BugsBite.com. Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority, they are locally owned. Their highly trained and experienced staff have been protecting homes here in the Triangle for more than 10 years. They use only the highest quality products with unique, proven protocols for the best results for your home. Here's the best part. There are no contracts. That's right. The Mosquito and Pest Authority team prioritizes customer satisfaction and responsiveness. Satisfaction is always guaranteed, and their Google reviews prove it. Take advantage of this special pack therapy offer right now and get $50 off of your first service with a reoccurring service plan. Check them out right now at BugsBite.com. That's Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority at BugsBite.com. And before I let you go, and thank you so much for being so gracious with your time. I appreciate it. And it feels good to have a conversation with you, right? You miss me. I do. Yeah. I mean, why not? I don't know if you miss me. <laughs> well, it depends on what the subject is. <laughs> yes, I, no, maybe. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is pack therapy, and, and I don't want to put you – I want to put you in a position as an NC State fan, mm-hmm. not not a former administrator, right. just as someone who cares about NC yeah. State. What was your reaction to the College World Series exit? I, I thought it was devastating. And um, you wake up on Saturday morning and <laughs> you look at your phone and you say, oh, my goodness, wh- what do you mean this is happening? I did, the only tweet I made about this was I, I just, people were so concerned, so upset. I just said, hey, we don't know everything that's happened. And we didn't. 
and we still don't. But you, it's I having sat in the chair. I know how challenging it can be. Some things you can say at certain times, some things you can't share. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, some of it will unfold as time goes by. Uh, I knew some people on the uh, baseball committee. As a friend, a longtime friend of, of some of them, I've had a conversation or two about this and how it feels and how it looks uh, to an NC State fan. Um, because that's how I was reacting as a fan. And I do believe that in the long run, the NCAA would benefit from doing a very thorough review of how all of this was managed and why. why. And, you know, I, I, I looked at everything that was public to look at in terms of the guidelines for championships and that kind of thing. And there still were a couple of questions, uh, you know, that I, I didn't see answered uh, by looking at those standards. Uh, so I do think that that's going to happen. Um, but it it was tough. I think it was tough for, for everyone, everyone. Why people who continue to test negative, even though they're unvaccinated, uh, can't play is just a question. Uh, I'm that not, wouldn't have been in the rules either. No. If you, kept, if you test negative, you can't play, yeah. Correct. Yeah. It's not. It isn't there. Uh, so we'll ha- have a couple of concerns about that still, but I don't think I'm alone. Uh, but they, I believe that they'll look at that, and uh, they'll have a new chair for the committee, I think, uh, announced in September. And uh, that, that person's going to have to deal with this and be sure that things go more smoothly the next time around. But for uh, for us as NC State and have a chance, we were, you know we were, talented enough to win the whole thing you know that and not saying we would have but we were we were right there that's 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 a challenge I, well, I tell you what I loved about it was the number of people that came out that Saturday night over at Doak uh, to greet them at home uh, and I believe I saw a video of Elliot talking to the group and the, then I, when the guys were going off the field they were smiling it was the best part of the whole thing was that they knew they were cared for and appreciated Debbie Yao, this has been our pack therapy session. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it helped. And I appreciate you joining me. It's, it's been my pleasure. And, and as we sign off, I just want to say what a joy it was. It really was, Joe. I mean, I would do it all again. Crazy as the world is and as that industry, or as I call it, the enterprise is, even now with COVID and NIL, NC State is a special place. Randy Woodson is a special chancellor, uh, and it's just it was an it was an awesome experience. Um, so I'm I'm pulling for them. Just I mean I'm a fan now, like you pointed out. So I'm pulling for them every every day for every every team to do well. I just want to thank Debbie Yao again for joining me here on the very first episode of Pack Therapy, which is presented by Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. No mosquitoes, no pests, no contracts guaranteed. Uh, great to see Debbie enjoying retirement. I know she's still on Twitter. You can follow her at GoPackNow. She still really loves and has a passion for NC State sports. I will be back with a special episode on Thursday, a very special episode, as us kids from the 1980s remember, but not that kind of very special episode. I'll have Brandon Bishop, who played safety for NC State and in the NFL. He'll join me for a season preview. What will the Wolfpack do 
in 2021 after going 7-3 and three in the ACC in a pandemic year. You're not going to want to miss our season predictions before Thursday's opener with South Florida. Catch us on Thursday on another episode of Pack Therapy. <laughs>